Hello, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Presbyterian Church podcast. This is Chris Horn, one of the pastors here at Redeemer in Winston-Salem, and I'm really excited to share a conversation with you that I was able to have with two of our leaders here in our church um, as we live in a deeply polarized time. Uh, I wanted to apologize before you get going um, for some of the poor audio quality. We did this over Zoom and we're trying to figure this thing out as we go, but I hope that you will be challenged and encouraged by this conversation of two brothers discovering life together in a really deeply divisive time in history. If you want to find out more about the ministry of Redeemer Church, you can visit us on our website, which is www.redeemerws.org. Thanks and enjoy the conversation. year um 2020 and now into 2021 been really um challenging and uh disheartening um tiring just with everything that's gone on with covid but especially um the, how it has kind of come into all of our experiences that we're living in a really deeply divided and polarized society um which kind of culminated in a very contentious election but there are probably few of us that aren't experiencing really meaningful division. It feels like there isn't a family or a community or a church community that isn't experiencing people not just disagreeing and not just not being able to get along, but actually feeling like they're living in different realities um, that are completely irreconcilable to each other. And uh, there's a sense of hopelessness And I think many of us are asking, what does this mean for things like the church, something like the church that is built on community and unity and oneness uh, and mutual sacrifice and mutual understanding? Uh, What does all this mean? And so I um, had the privilege of eavesdropping on a conversation between the other two brothers that you see on the screen. Kevin Morton and Joey Jeffers, they're both um, elders here at Redeemer, which means that they're part of the spiritual leadership, and they're uh, we call them shepherds of our church, and uh, they are truly elders to the bone, and they have been experiencing what we've all been experiencing, but they've had uh, the opportunity to see God working as well. So, Joey, Kevin, what's up? Good to be with you. Hey, Chris. Uh, Hey, um, love seeing the kitchen fridge magnets in your place, Joey. Um, fridge magnets are one of my love languages. So hopefully you brought me something back from Savannah when you went. Um, but what I want to ask you guys to do is just, Joey, for you to share, and then Kevin, and then I want to just maybe interact with a couple of questions. But um, Joey, would you be willing to share just a little bit about how God's given you hope that the church can be a community that's truly united. So there's times where I have a lot of hope that that can be the case. Sometimes that hope is wavering uh, because within uh, Redeemer, as Chris was saying, uh, there there are people who have very differing viewpoints about things politically, socially, uh, and otherwise. And that dynamic 
uh, was is within the session also. Mm-hmm. So at times you wonder, is it possible for a church uh, to be unified and love each other? And is it possible for a session to do that? Mm-hmm. When you have certain people who cannot understand how their brother or sister could possibly be a Christian and support a certain person or a certain cause, and then you have other um, brothers or sisters who can't understand why one would not support a certain person or a certain cause. Right. And so can we function as a church and can we function as a session when that's the case? Uh, and during one of our session meetings, one of the elders uh, brought up the reality of Jesus' 12 apostles, that within that group, there were people who had very polar opposite political views. You had Simon, who was a zealot. Uh, You had Matthew, who was a tax collector. And I can only imagine those guys really got angry with each other uh, at times. Yet, uh, they were unified in following Jesus. So you kind of think it's possible uh, for a church to be that way and for a session to, uh, to be that way. And so I think... Uh, an important aspect of bringing that about is a church or a session really trying to seek first the kingdom of God and to not be overcome by the tribalism that's a part of our community and our world and to be challenged uh, to remember our main identity as followers of Christ and not political or social identities that we also uh, gravitate toward, uh, for those identities to not overtake our uh, prime and most important identity. So I think for that to happen, uh, there has to be uh, a certain degree of humility and listening. Uh, I think we need to listen to Christians from different times from different cultures, uh, and even locally, uh, other Christians in our own context who see things differently than we do, to have our assumptions challenged, uh, and be able to hear and to trust our brothers and sisters. So and I've, I've experienced that um, uh, to, in a lot of different ways at Redeemer, uh, both in groups that I've met with and within the session itself. So even doing that, it's hard uh, at times to uh, be unified and to have hope. Uh, But I think uh, that sort of thing is vital to bringing about the kind of unity we're looking for uh, and being a city on a hill that as one, uh, uh, the elders recently read an article that uh, Tim Keller mentioned that when you're living that way as a city on a hill, you're uh, being faithful to Jesus, uh, the world around you, the community around you will both attack you, mm. also be attracted to you. Right. And both of those things will happen at the same time. So I think there's hope for that. I look forward to that becoming more of a reality for us. For sure. Was that, was that a low-key Ronald Reagan reference from the city on the hill thing, or that was unintentional completely? That was from, just from Matthew, you know, the Bible. <laughs> Matthew chapter five. Well, attribute that to Jesus. And yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank Excellent. you, Zoe. Excellent. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, 
Yeah, I want to. I want to go where you're going, Joey. I'm buying what you're selling, brother. So, thanks for sharing that, Kevin. How about you? Well, you had a. I feel like a powerful word. Just for the record, by the way, Kevin and Joey have very different political and sort of social cultural, you know, takes on things. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but. Uh, I, I really appreciated, Kevin, what you had to say about how God's working in your cynicism through all this. And so yeah. you can share a little, a little bit with us about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, a little bit of a backstory. I think, uh, you know, as you, you talked about at the beginning, Chris, we had such a difficult year mm-hmm. in this country and at Redeemer, you know, with COVID, with the election, with the polarization and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I realized a couple of weeks ago coming out of a session meeting that I had become very pessimistic about human affairs mm-hmm. and about the possibility of getting to some degree of unity, given how divided we seem to be. Right. And, um, and about the same time, I've been asked to uh, eulogize Barbara McCoy. Um, so I had been thinking about that. And, um, and it occurred to me that, um, you know, that was another gift from God that he gave me, which was um, the chance to think about my relationship with Barbara and Dr. McCoy and the witness that she was to us at Redeemer. Mm-hmm. And Joey and I both served on the pastor search committee with her, and we both got to know her 10 years ago. Um, but what I, my pessimism was that, um, I, I, since I didn't think we, we could make progress, I was becoming very cynical about that, right. um, which was not a good thing, obviously. And, and so in f- reflecting on Barbara, I, I got to thinking about uh, the kind of Christian she was. Mm. And one of the things I said at the eulogy was that, you know, Christians need other Christians to show us how to be Christians. Mm. You know, they, we need witnesses around us, guides in Christ. And Barbara was one of those people who showed us, you know, what it looked like to have courage in the face of suffering and, and to trust God even when she was dying. Um, and so she kind of taught me years ago, and I forgot this lesson, that pessimism is a dead end. It's just another way of saying that um, uh, you don't trust God. Right. You know, that, that you, uh, you put your faith and trust in working a system to get the way you want things to be. Right. And when the system doesn't work, where's your faith? It's nowhere. Mm-hmm. Barbara didn't think that way. Um, she not only trusted God, she had a, a profound faith in the power of prayer. She thought the Holy Spirit superintended the work of the pastor search committee. Um, and she had this incredible capacity for joy. Uh-huh. even up until the very end of her own life. Wow. So um, all of that reflection got me to thinking about what it means to be a Christian and how uh, far <laughs> away from what it means to be a Christian I had become uh-huh. um, as a leader in the church and thinking nothing's going to change and this is, this is awful and, um, and woe is me. So, so what I got excited about was uh, just remembering how exciting it is to be a Christian and to have a connection to actually believe that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do some good in the world. Mm. And I was, um, I was reading Acts 26 for the hundredth time recently, and that's where Paul uh, speaks to Herod Agrippa and Bernice and the Roman governor Festus. Yeah. 
And he's telling them the story of Jesus appearing to him on the road to Damascus. And Jesus is saying, I'm sending you out to turn people from darkness to light and from the power of God, from the power of Satan to God, uh, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in my name. And you think, I'm a part of that. And I have forgotten all that, that this I've turned from the power of Satan, and we are actually a part of a community where the Holy Spirit is active. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is active with us. Wow. And so what Barbara thought was, I trust God. I love God. I love my neighbor. I love this church. And if we do that, uh, good things are going to happen. God will be with us. It may not be that uh, we'll get out of life alive. <laughs> But God will be with us uh, as we go through life because we'll be seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things are added to us. So it kind of renewed my hope that even though we have, you know, on the session and and in the church, I'm sure there are profound differences about things. If we think about those things as Christians Mm. and are willing to interrogate ourselves about how some of our about whether our political commitments are informed by our faith in Jesus and our allegiance to Jesus instead of something prior to that, right. I think we have a, a real chance at, uh, at unity. Mm. And that's, that's the challenge for me. I, you know, a lot, I'm sure there are people at Redeemer who don't think, they don't care about politics and they don't wanna hear about politics. And then there are people like me who think politics makes a tremendous difference in the lives of people. And so I do care about it. But unless I care about it as a Christian, um, you know, I, I, that's no good. I, I've got to think about these things as Christians. And, and I look at Joey, and I don't think of Joey as a Republican or a Libertarian. I look at him as a Christian. Yes. And what I want for the church is for us to be able to talk about anything because mm-hmm. our identity is in Jesus and not in a political party or a, poli- or a particular politician or any of that. Right. I just want us to be able to talk about anything mm-hmm. because we know we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's yeah. where our identity is. If we have that, then nothing's off limits. We don't get sideways with each other in the sense that, oh, you're attacking my identity because my identity is not in this in political stuff. It's in Christ. So, so I, I attribute all that to Barbara. She's kind of, you know, she was this amazing saint who had this profound effect on me and I had forgotten it until I, you know, began spending more time with her the last year like right. many other people did. And, um, and she just made me think, man, I, it is so, she's a happy Christian and she makes me happy to be a Christian. And I love being with other Christians in the church because this is where the power is. And this is where the light of God that Jesus talked about can shine into the world. Wow. So what Joey said early on, man, I'm just all over that because I think that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. We have the power to do good in the world and to be a light, not, not some political deal, but just the church mm-hmm. and redeemers set up to do that. So I'm excited about that. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, part of what I love about redeemer and part of the reason why I was excited to come here almost two years ago now was just that God's grace is central to who we are and that you're, you're never arriving, but you're always returning to Jesus to be made new over and over again. And like y'all have been, you know, not just following Jesus for a long time, but leading in this church for, you know, decades, 
And yet there's still this like rediscovery of the joy of purpose of identity. And that just, that fills me with more hope than anything, you know? So thanks for sharing that. I want to um, ask you guys if you think, um, what you think that Redeemer and just, I don't know, Christians in general, like where we, as we come out of COVID, Lord willing, but continue to experience deep polarization, um, you know, I've heard y'all talking about focusing on the kingdom. Both of you talked about listening to other Christians. Like both of you basically said Christians need Christians to become, you know, to remember how to be a Christian. Um, in our tradition, outside our tradition, our stories are matter. But um, what challenges or opportunities do you see? Like, where do we need to focus? What do we need to be aware of as we move forward? So I think there'll be some repetition in, in what I think. Right. Um, uh, but, and it's, it's not that profound, but I think there needs to be a focus on worship. Mm a focus on the Bible, and a focus on prayer. Mm. And I think all of those things are happening at Redeemer and are happening in uh, new ways that I think are good. And, of course, we need to continue to develop in those areas. Mm. If I can um, refer back to that article again, which, by the way, Chris sent out to us, yeah. that was interesting. Also, one of the things that these sociologists found is that the more Christians were engaged with the church, were actually studying their Bible, the less likely they were to attach themselves to various political extremism or uh, an undue attachment to a certain uh, political viewpoint. Right. Um, so I thought that was uh, that was pretty neat. So I think as a community, we focus on those things. And again, I think that. Um, we need to receive and hear instruction from those outside our community who have different experiences culturally, historically, uh, because the way that we're going to look at the Bible, the way we think about worship is going to be uh, affected by our own experiences, uh, our own limited um, ability to perceive the world. Uh, and so we need uh, input from brothers and sisters locally and throughout the world and throughout time, I think. Yeah, amazing. I'm glad. I'm glad that you know. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a very reluctant article sharer, so I'm glad that that one was helpful. <laughs> I thought it was very good. Yeah. yeah, it was super good. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, wherever this goes, we'll put it in the comments. Uh, what about you, Kevin? What What do we need to be aware of? Where do we need to be focused? Hmm. Um. That's a tough question for me. I, I, I kind of hinted at what I what I think is uh, the answer. It's a it's the challenge, but it's also the opportunity to interrogate ourselves about how much our faith is um, is enmeshed with our political identities. Sure. And so I'm more radical than Joey, maybe, in thinking that. I, I just think we have to give our undivided allegiance to Jesus and we have to interrogate any other allegiances. And I know Joey's talked about, well, we do give allegiances to other things and they're appropriate. 
And I want to start with the premise that there are no other allegiances that are appropriate. You know, he might say, well, you've got to love your wife or, you you know, and I'd say, yeah, you got to do that. But, um, but I, I think that um, what I've observed uh, in those who are uh, politically active on both sides is that you can, because there are progressive fundamentalists and there are fundamentalist fundamentalists, you know, it's just, it's true anywhere. Um, I just think that this, this identity issue is just huge and growing up in America um, and growing up Christian, you kind of, it's easy to think that God and manifest destiny and all the things that we learned about uh, the founding of the country um, they need to be re-examined, some mm. of them. And we have to say we're willing to re-examine them because we're Christians and we're not afraid of anything. I think there's a lot of fear uh, in our conversations with, with each other that we're going to offend the other brother because the other brother is a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian, and that just didn't have a place with us. Mm. We should have the kind of openness and honesty and um, trust in God that um, that we don't worry about that kind of stuff because uh, because of who we are. Our identity is not in these other things. And so we're not attacking someone else because we disagree with their political views. And we can talk about those things. Right. I think that's one of the things that I miss in church is um, that we can't talk about those things. They're, they're cordoned off as partisan. Mm. And I just think that's a bad thing. So I, I would like to be able to have those kinds of conversations. Um, because we need to have them um, to address that polarization problem. It's not that what Joey said, you know, I think absolutely we should be worshiping. And yeah. um, th- that's not, you know, for me, that's just a given, but um, the polarization is because politics is in our church now mm. in a way that it hasn't been, or at least it was at, under the surface and now it's here and we have to address it and we have to be unafraid to address it because we fear God and not man. And we, um, and so we, we know that this is one way to get there. And I'm not worried about a conversation with Joey or someone from a conservative bent because he's my brother. Yeah. And uh, he's going to, I mean, I trust Joey. Um, and I, you know, there's lots of other people at Redeemer who have, uh, we have lots of differences, but we're Christians first. Yeah. So that's where we have to, that's where I want to focus. Yeah. Remind ourselves that we're Christians and that's where our identity is. And then, and, you know, we can talk about stuff and not worry about it too much. Totally. I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, perfect love casts out fear. Yeah, yeah, right. I hear both of you saying, hey, I'm not afraid of what's ahead. You know, most of the things that our feelings about the world and the ways that we associate, the ways that we see the world, we never chose to think them. We just absorbed them from the world around us and our yeah. story. And I hear both of y'all saying, that's true. Let's be intentional about focusing on an identity in Jesus and then see where we end up. So um, before, before we go, I want to ask you, what is um, what makes you excited about being part of Redeemer for this next season of life together as a church? This will be, again, some more repetition for me. <laughs> You're a teacher. You are a teacher, Joey, so you know how to say it again. Actually, I just saw your questions 15 minutes ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things I'm looking for as we as we pull out of the pandemic is meeting together 
mm-hmm. uh, person. And Amen, the, brother. Gosh. And the renewed appreciation that we'll have, at least for a time, of this great privilege we have to, to be together like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to how the uh, technology plays out uh, after all of this in terms yeah. of, I know we have plans to live stream every worship service. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that way of, in a sense, extending our reach, mm-hmm. uh, making ourselves more accessible in terms of our worship and other things. Uh, and then uh, again, I, I already talked about this, but um, the, the possibility of becoming, as Jesus talked about, a, a city on a hill yeah. uh, that's different a community that's different from what's going on in our culture and our world. Yeah. Again, a community that will cause offense in some ways and be attacked in some ways, but at the same time, uh, be attractive to people with both of those realities being present, like it was with Jesus. Man, you got to send me the address and meeting time of your church, Joe, because I want to go to it. <laughs> What about you, Kevin? What What are you looking forward to? What are you feeling excited about in the season, next season? Um, well, I'll go back to Barbara. I just um, I think about her witness, um, the kind of saint that she was, and I think about all the saints at Redeemer mm-hmm. that I know. Um, people with different gifts. Some are evangelists. Some are pastors. Some are teachers. Some are hospitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are introverts, some are extroverts. <laughs> and so we don't, we don't expect the same things from everybody. But uh, Barbara just reminded me that um, Redeemer is more than its pastors. Mm. It's more than its elders. It's this community that God has made here to be the light in this city uh, that reflects God's light and his glory into the city and into our neighborhoods and that kind of thing. And so um, so she's kind of renewed my hope in the ways in which the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of uh, all the people who, who come to Redeemer and call it home and who are committed to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think of all these stories of people that just do amazing things to, to help each other out. And I think of all the good we can do because, yeah. we're, you know, that's the thing that uh, Paul and Peter and others always talked about was just doing good. For the world and, and redeemer uh, does so much good for the world and there's so much more good we can do to call people out of darkness into light and then spread this light into our community so so i don't know that's that maybe that's too generic an answer but it's like geez there's a holy spirit in our church and i'm really excited to see how um uh, the gifts that, that god has given us through the holy spirit are going to be uh, worked out in the next um months and years because there's just so many talented people and gifted people at redeemer um it's just trying to encourage people to use that for the kingdom um, and find that to be the most exciting part of their life i'm I'm a christian and i get i get up every morning and i can do some good for somebody that's pretty amazing and i'm I'm looking forward to doing that i used to be dead and now i'm alive yeah right yeah Yeah. isn't that amazing and you just think that's we say that all the time and i just think do we really believe it and now i'm i'm beginning to believe it again you know so let's go i'm excited 
Brothers, thank you. I know y'all are busy and got a lot going on. So thanks for making time to have this conversation and share with us. I'm really grateful to be in the same church as you. So thanks. Appreciate y'all. You got it. Thanks, Chris.